Welcome, welcome to Screw the Systems. This is a podcast for freelancers and lifestyle business owners or aspiring lifestyle business owners. I'm your host, Charlotte. It is lovely to meet you if you've not been here before. Hello. These are chatty. They're not very polished. And if you like that kind of thing, you might like this. So today's episode is all about lifestyle businesses and talking about some of the practical ways that have helped me in running a lifestyle business. So if you are interested in this, if you like the sound of this, keep on listening. We're going to be talking through lots of practical things, time blocking, theming days, tracking time. I know the dreaded time tracking. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just a few things that I've put in place in business and I know that other people put in place. So let's get into it. I don't know who the grand we are. I feel I have a tendency to say we a lot. And it's not because I'm trying to like over inflate like how big of an operation this is. It's just like a, I think because I'm working in collaboration with people all the time, like it's a we, it's a we. But no, it's just an I. It's me, little of me. And today we're talking about lifestyle business. So what does this even mean? Is it just something that coaches try and sell to us just like some ideal this laptop lifestyle when you google it there's lots of different answers that come up but i chat gpt'd it and if you're listening to this i think you'll know what chat gpt is um if you don't please google that but what is a lifestyle business chat gpt came came up like came pretty strong a type of business primarily created and structured to support the owner's desired lifestyle rather than focusing solely on growth and maximizing profits. So it's about work-life balance, balance, flexibility, freedom to pursue personal interests and passions. That is a big one for me because I definitely resonate with this whole multi-potentialites, like multi, there's loads of words for that, isn't there? Like multi-hyphenate, that's another one. I just have a lot of passions and interests and they're very scattered and I find myself struggling to like pick things. So actually having a lifestyle business is pretty ideal. Um, And I'm going to talk a little bit later in the episode about how I'm allowing myself, giving myself the permission to explore one of my other passions still under the umbrella of my business kind of. We'll get into that. Okay. Lifestyle business, often small scale. Um, Key characteristics, flexibility, personal fulfillment, sustainable growth work-life balance. So yeah, I think that's something that I'm definitely aspiring to. And I'm sh- I'm assuming, I'm assuming if you listen to this, you agree. Um, it's not just at the pursuit of hustle and grind and working to create as much money as possible. Although that doesn't mean we don't have quite lofty, big financial goals, because that might feed into your definition of success. But we all have different definitions of success, don't we? Like mine is certainly around freedom, um, creativity, like having a creative contribution, being authentically myself and being able to express myself authentically, which one of the reasons I started this podcast, this is not just a marketing tool for me, actually. This is a place that I can come and express because it's blooming lonely working on my own. And I I feel like I'm a, I'm a very introverted extrovert. But I am an extrovert and I need I need to be around people a lot more. So 
this this is this at the moment i think a lot of us who own businesses now have previously worked in a corporate environment or i mean just any workplace environment it doesn't have to be corporate it encourages this hustle and grind and it's weaved into the whole fabric like i even remember having hospitality jobs and you know you can't be stood still at any point can you you can't appear to be not working and grinding and grafting and I think that that is gonna continue you can't just stop that mentality and especially if maybe a lot of us have parents that were very hard working and instilled that as well it's just a hard thing to break and when you actually come to thinking well what would business look like for me if I was fulfilling my definition of what success is if I could write out my ideal working day and have things working more how I want to work I don't know I think there's a lot of I can only speak for myself I think there's a lot of guilt that kind of comes up and and feelings of laziness and not just laziness but privilege and indulgence comes up as well sometimes I feel I feel guilty and I think look you have this business and your way of working is so far removed from what most people are having to deal with but I did design it like that and I think most people who run businesses well most of you who would be listening to this podcast anyway are interested in that intentional living and not just allowing your business to drag you along for the ride like you're you want to be in the driving seat don't you so I think at the core of running a lifestyle business is that self-inquiry self-discovery finding out what we like and how we want to best work and and I just think that's a tricky thing to think about theoretically I think you have to as you move through business and as the months and the years go on you just start to understand more about your preferences because it's sometimes only when we take on that particular client or this particular project or that way of working that we think "Mm, actually that's not that's not working for me and that's going to change when I first started my virtual assistant business which that's what this business started out really like I've set up systems in people's businesses now mainly on a project basis but yeah that that's how I started out as a virtual assistant working on retainer for people selling hours in some ways I still do a little bit of that but when I first started it was the very best model that I could have done I could very very quickly start to earn a living and I think I was fully booked in like a couple of months and that's not me bragging but that's me just looking at hang on I've got you know three days a week that I'm working how many hours and that therefore I can take on this many clients at this rate and there we go I'm booked and it was good for me because and that business model on a retained hourly business model you're like you're not having to find clients all the time I wasn't having to market myself like I just wanted to get away from working in like for somebody else and I'd had my daughter, I couldn't put that energy into marketing myself and really starting to build up this business. So I'm probably doing myself a bit of a disservice. Of course, I was building up a business. But in terms of that model, at that point, suited me so, so well. It worked for my lifestyle. So where it all started to fall apart a bit for me on this retained 
hourly model of running my business was when I tried to take holidays. So let's say, you know, you're not, you've not overbooked yourself, but let's say, you know, you've sold 60 hours a month of your time. Well, take a whole week out and then you've suddenly got to plug those hours either side or you've got to bring on your team to to be involved with that. But then that can, you know, if, if you're not factoring in the time to train the team in those particular areas, you know, it, it brings up lots of issues, doesn't it? So it was tricky for me to take holidays. It was also just becoming really hard to grow my business because I'd hit a ceiling with my financials and you know, that that income wasn't really matching up to what I envisaged this business to be producing. I really desperately wanted to get into some more project work. I love project work. I love that there is a very clear outcome. Something needs to happen. And there is a very clear beginning and an end to it. I really like that. And then being able to hand over. Um, in some ways, though, retainer, when you work on retainer with clients, you really get to intimately know their business and once you know that then I feel like you can support them deeper when especially when it comes to marketing and courses um but yeah this this hourly retainer model it was becoming tricky for me I also was probably every three months burning out pretty badly and it just was not sustainable um, I'd then get very delayed with my client work and be missing deadlines. And that is just not how I wanted to be running my business at all. So I knew that things needed to change, um, but you can't just burn it all to the ground and start again. Like I need the money from my business. So I slowly reduced down some of that retainer work, got my team on board with a, a lot more of that, that work and moved slowly into projects but I honestly that middle bit of supporting retainer clients and doing my project work I found the switching between that all very very tricky and this is where theming of days has become a lot more important to me so I'll get into theming of days in a second um but yeah but my point my point with talking about this is that our needs change throughout our business our life changes and for example, my daughter's about to start school in September. That's going to change things massively. I'm slightly delusional in thinking, oh, yay, I've got five days a week at work now. But I know school day goes pretty quick. So, yeah, things have to change again. I have to think about school holidays now. Never had to think about those before. She's gone to nursery full time. Well, three days a week. So the other thing, the other thing that really affected how I need to structure my business is my ADHD and the task switching between multiple clients has just become impossible. Now, I've always had ADHD. You can sort of think, well, what's the difference now? As I've started to accept this and start to learn how I actually work best and try and avoid perpetual cycles of burnout, I realise that task switching for me is tricky. So to work on projects where I can just focus in on that particular project at a time and hand that back to a client is just so much better for me. Yeah, our lives change. Um, we have different needs at different points and our business as a lifestyle business should support us. It shouldn't feel like something imprisoning us. We have to remember we created these businesses and they are there 
two supporters and they're going to evolve. They're going to change. And we have to be okay with that changing. And I'm saying we have to be okay. I have to be okay with that level of change all the time. So theming of days, it's something that a lot of clients that I've worked with have in place actually. And the idea is that you're working on certain things on certain days. It It's really easy then to communicate to people, like create boundaries and communicate to people. I'll give you an example. I once had a client that she put in place that communication with her could only be on a Monday afternoon and then we had a weekly call every Thursday so those were our slots so any questions like that back and forth it was condensed to those times only and it worked really well considering we were in touch daily before that putting that in place was just it worked really well so theming days the idea is you're working on certain types of things on certain days so Mondays maybe it might be your content days where you record podcasts videos or you know you create your social graphics write blogs whatever that might be um so that could be like your content days maybe Thursdays are like your business planning like your finances maybe a Tuesdays when you do all your client calls Wednesdays Fridays you do all your client work it's like a head down day the idea is that you're not task switching, which for someone like me with my brain is um, tricky. I just find it very, very tricky. But I think everybody is affected by task switching in some way because we're having to move from one way of working into another and then another and then another. And that is, you know, it affects productivity, doesn't it? I myself have put something in place which is no calls on certain days so I do all my discovery calls all my client calls on particular days on the whole so all my client calls on the whole are on a Thursday Um, and that is because as much as I am sociable and extroverted I love speaking to people doing it all in one day is much better because after I've had a couple of zooms I would find it very tricky to switch mode into deep system building work because once I get into it, I'm really into it and it's really hard to just come up for air again. So yeah, I've that's why I've put in place. And then, um, yeah, like discovery calls, for example, like my scheduler isn't just open for anyone to book. Um, and if you don't have a scheduler in place, that is something I would prioritize. So you can use Calendly, you can use um, Acuity, like Squarespace scheduling for it calendly is free so if you don't have that in place please look at that that is a must some of these things i forget that people don't always know about because you're always moving in like i'm still very much connected to my like virtual assistant world and even just this online business world you you forget it becomes a bit of an echo chamber and you forget that people don't know certain things i didn't know about schedulers before i started an online business so but they're great. Stops that email ping pong. You can quickly just send somebody a link. Here you go, book yourself in. And, you know, they can pick They can pick a time that suits them. Um, where were we? Theming days. No calls on certain days. It leads me nicely into talk about time blocking. You know, I struggled with time blocking for years. And I chalked it up to it's just not for me. So if you're feeling that way, maybe you've tried it on multiple multiple occasions in different ways, I want you to still not write it off because it's usually your approach to time blocking that is the problem, not 
the system of time blocking itself. Time blocking from a life first approach works wonders. I think you've got to know how much client work you can feasibly do in a day and be absolutely realistic about that. So actually, before I start talking about time blocking, let's just backtrack and talk about tracking time. So I use Toggle to track my time. And the secret to tracking time really is just to have it in all sorts of areas. You probably don't work by the hour. Maybe you work on project basis or day rates, so you don't need to track it. The benefit is that you get a realistic picture of how long things actually take you to do. So I use Toggle. You could use Clockify. If you use Chrome, have it as a Chrome extension so it's always there in the corner. I even, because I'm an absolute nerd, I have these little stickers. They're called NFC tags. I've done a TikTok about this, so have a look at that. But I basically tap my phone next to them and it will start tracking my time. So I've got one that's like a deep work. That's a book by Carl Newport. Have a read of that. Deep work. I'll tap it when I'm doing a deep work session and then I'll tap the stop timer little NFC tag. They're great. That's a deep, that's for real true nerds though. So <laughs> have a look at my TikTok on that one. Um, but yeah, you get a realistic idea of how much time you've actually got. Um, sorry, how, how long things actually take you. And you start to realize, hang on, this is what's achievable for me to do in a day. So for me, I cannot do any more of VA work. This is like, say VA work, system builds. I would struggle to do much more than four hours a day with me having to switch a couple of things shove me just in a system build with nothing else going on no emails to respond to nothing else and I'd be able to clock six but that is not sustainable on a daily basis to do just because I could do six hours one day doesn't mean that can be replicated multiple times across the week you might have a week of like very high productivity I mean great if you can do that for a week but then you'll you'll really burn burn out the following week or you'll burn out's a strong strong word um you'll struggle to maintain that because it's actually not realistic and it, it again it's a coming back to knowing ourselves and knowing how we work and what is realistic for us i just think we're completely over ambitious with how much work we can actually get done in the day and still pee and still eat. So when it comes to time blocking, which is, if you don't know about time blocking, it is you have a digital calendar, your Google calendar, your Outlook calendar, even your Apple. I wouldn't recommend Apple Mail, um, not Apple Mail, your Apple like calendar. Um, and it's where you put chunks of time for certain things into your calendar. Um, so for example, mine, there's some things that are in there all the time, like pick up the child from nursery with an alert on. So I actually leave. I've got to leave actually in 10 minutes. <laughs> um, lunch, lunch and a dog walk, non-negotiables. They're always in. And I think I learned this from Nikki Cross. Um, so Nikki Thrive Life and Business she taught me of how to time block from this thriving first mentality and that actually we're so quick to throw in our obligations and our client work first and then you know squeeze as much time as possible and really that is the, that is just the wrong approach because that 
after a few days you're just going to sabotage you're just going to look and think I'm just tired now I can't I can't maintain this I can't keep this up which is why when you map in your thriving first and what you need to energize yourself um, these are all Nikki's teachings I'm not taking any credit for this when you do that first and then map in your obligations you can suddenly then look and think oh hang on I can't actually fit all of this in without it affecting my nutrition, my exercise, my mental health. You know, that suddenly is not feeling like a lifestyle business and you then sabotage the plan. Oh, I can't stick to it. I think the other way that time blocking goes wrong is when you see it as a fixed rigid rule that you have set yourself on Monday and it's got no movement in it it's got no buffer time and I don't mean a five ten minutes for a quick wee in between stuff I mean what do you need like put into the diary into the calendar what you actually need so maybe you just need I don't know 30 minutes transition time between stopping work and going and picking up your child from nursery I know I need that The thing that time blocking has been so helpful for me personally, running a lifestyle business, is it allows me simply to see how much time I've got. Do I use it as a to-do list? Absolutely not. I have a project management tool for that. So I use ClickUp. There are other tools available. But that is the purpose of it, for me to map out the week and then I can see, oh, hang on, can't actually do everything on my to-do list whilst maintaining some kind of sanity I need to delegate some stuff to the team I need to communicate with a client to say I'm really sorry that's going to have to be done maybe I wouldn't say I'm really sorry (laughs) but I my people pleasing tendencies are seeping through I would you know could be able to communicate but without that time blocking just going in blind trying to cram in as much as possible into your week just doesn't feel good it feels like shit actually doesn't it You just, that's not these lifestyle businesses that we want to create, is it? So honestly, I am the queen of rebelling against structure. But actually, if you think of it as this is me mapping out my capacity every week, and there might be things that you have in there all the time. For example, I know I always have to do a couple of hours of work for this particular client every week. So it's always in there but it can move around. Chunks of time can move about. I don't have to do something at one o'clock just because it's in there at one o'clock. And actually, if I was telling myself I had to do that at one o'clock, I would be scrolling through TikTok, rebelling against this plan that I've set myself. So just allow it to move around. Like don't treat it as this to-do list where if you're not sticking to it rigidly, you're failing because that's when it doesn't work. So if you've, if you've, dabbled with time blocking before and it's not worked for you have a look at it like revisit it there's a few people I know who talk about this more um I know Jules simply Jules talks a lot about time blocking she's got a great blog on her website about it and yeah if you want to explore more of what Nikki thrive life and business what Nikki says about um mapping out your week I would explore that if you like this idea of this thriving first approach this lifestyle approach to that and then the last thing I want to talk about is something that is really a cemented part of my month every single month at the end of the month is my capacity calculator 
Now, I purchased this initially and I have since massively adapted it for my own needs, but it's an Excel document, document, an Excel sheet, an Excel sheet, Google sheet. And every single month, it's, there's a new tab duplicated and it is basically for me to list this is how many working days we've got. This is how many hours I want to work a day. These are my revenue goals, my profit goals. This is how much capacity my team have got. Um, and then I list out basically all of my hours that I, I need to work. And obviously not all my work is hourly, like at all, but I usually have a, an idea with a project of how long something's going to take and uh, of my time. So this is a tool that helps me realistically look at how much work have I got on? How much capacity have I got for more work? Am I meeting my income goals? And I wouldn't be without this. I don't know how I would run my business without this. It also helps me because I have a team. It helps me look at, oh, hang on. If I bring my team on board, how much profitability do I have on that particular job? Um, yeah, I think this, having some kind of capacity calculator Maybe I should create this. I originally got this from Megan and she's changed her business name. She's changed her business name, but I, I'll find out and I'll link it. Um, but I originally got this and it was designed for virtual assistants with a team of associates. But yeah, it's since been adapted for me to include the financials of my business as well. I wouldn't be without it. I don't know how people are mapping out their workload and their capacity without a tool like this. So highly recommend using something like this as well. I mentioned at the start of this episode that I've been making space in my business for some of my other interests. And I've toyed with this for such a long time because we're kind of taught that, especially in the online business world, that you must niche, that you must become known for something, which I actually agree with. I think the more that people know that you specialize in something, it just helps them remember you and recommend you. And like, think about the people that you recommend in business. It's because you know them for that one thing. Now, this held me back from exploring my other interests, my other business interests for a long time, because I thought, I don't want to confuse people. But I have been interested in decluttering bum, 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 <laughs> for a long time. And I think it ties in really with this creating space. Like it might seem very disjointed from what I currently do in my business now, which is creating systems in people's businesses. But the decluttering side of things is really just about creating systems in people's homes. So I've been training as a professional organizer on the side and I wanted to do this uh, about a year and a half ago. And something stopped me and I thought it's not the right time. And it came back around again a year later, this, this drive and desire to do this. So I have been training. I've been training over the last three months. So I started in February and it is now, what, the 30th of May? And I'm just coming to the end of my training. Um, I'm just doing all my case studies and I should be qualified in a few weeks. I'm just submitting everything. But I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I really love going into people's homes and decluttering and just seeing that instant transformation. And I've been scared to kind of talk about it because one, do I just look more like flippant again? I'm doing something new, but actually no, it, it is connected to what 
I do now. And it brings me on to talking a bit more about niching because I think we have quite a narrow definition of what niching is. It doesn't necessarily mean you being known for one particular type of service or one particular type of business that you work with, or like industry. My niche, I've decided, is about creating space. So creating space for people in their life and business. And I do that through my current business by setting up systems for people in the businesses. And also I have a co-working every single Thursday called Systems Hour. It's totally free. And that is more about holding space really for people to get some stuff done on their own businesses. As a service provider, I know how tricky it is to actually put that time aside to work on your own business stuff, but people also bring client work to it. I always say it's good to bring jobs to that co-working session that are weighing heavy on you or that you just want to get done, that you've been meaning to get done for ages. So there are two ways that I create space in my current business. And then this other business, this other side quest, if you like, is just an expansion of that really, but in people's homes. Watch this space. Watch me create space for my new business, which is called Keep Space. Keep Space Decluttering. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think the thing I'm looking forward to is getting away from my desk. I've been doing lots of free jobs, actually, and work experience leading up to becoming qualified. And it's been lovely to actually get back working directly with people. I mean, I've been clocking like minimum of 15,000 steps per job. So that's a bonus. And maybe I don't need to get that under desk treadmill after all. So although at first I was maybe a bit apprehensive to talk about it because it seems a very different venture, actually it's all neatly tied together under this umbrella niche of creating space, this mission niche, instead of it being a service niche or a type of industry niche. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. I hope some of those tools that I talked about, um, my capacity calculator and tracking time, themed days, time blocking. I hope you found some of that useful. Um, let me know. Let me know if there's anything I've spoken about here that you're going to put in place or maybe that you've not heard of before. I would be interested to know. Like I say, I operate in a bit of an echo chamber. So be good to know if this content is helpful. So I will catch you next time. And I think next time I'm going to talk a little bit about the business systems that I would put in place if I was starting out again. I've tried so many different systems and actually I'm going to use my new business as a little bit of a example to say what kind of things I'm putting in place starting from scratch again. So tune in if you're interested. See you later. Mm-hmm.